When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hello, I am Anderson Cowan, and I've got a movie to make, and this is Loaded for Bear. Let's make this movie week 15 of 36 weeks, and things are happening. Things are coming together. Things are starting to come into focus. Things are taking form. Uh, just last week, Mary, head of and creator of Born to Act Players, announced that we will now be moving on to rehearsals very very early rehearsals for the Christmas show. And she has already uh, decided what three things we're going to be giving a shot to, or we're going to try try out as far as this uh, Christmas show goes. And more on that in a second. Okay. Uh, I am doing the type of, Mike and I are doing the type of documentary that uh, we're not meddling. We are not getting inside and trying to produce things like pretty much all reality TV show that you see, a lot of documentaries that you see as well. Uh, the producers will come in, especially if they have something to offer, uh, and they will you know, try and build storylines, and they will try and manipulate and create things. And I am going so far the other way that I wasn't even sure exactly when she was going to transition, because what we've been doing lately, the last few weeks, during kind of like unofficial um, summer vacation for a lot of the actors, because it's been skeleton crew at times. You know, we haven't seen the regular group all together much this summer. You know, we get a bunch of families that are on vacation at the same time, and uh, they're still at full classes. But we we're we're seeing a lot more absences than we normally do. So what she's been doing is just solo acts, and people are getting up there and trying things out and singing songs and lip syncing, or sometimes singing on their own and doing their own thing. So it's like w- one person on stage, like a one man act type thing, which we rarely do. But she's been doing that the last few weeks. And I'm taking the observational approach. You know, I'm not even asking her what's next. I'm just doing my thing as an assistant. Mike is uh, recording all of it. Uh, I probably and maybe in retrospect should have maybe sat down with her. And I guess I could still do this. It would be a little bit cooked. But you know, get her thought process. Actually, yeah, I will do this for sure. Get her thought process on how she decides what the Christmas show is going to look like. This is her 30th year doing it. So I am, I want to call manipulating, but I am putting my hand in the idea of doing a bigger show than she normally does. They've done some really big shows in the past, but you know, it ebbs and flows and I'm, I'm going um, to be looking into a, a more proper theater right now. They're set to do it at the church, which is where we do all of our classes, but uh, I am starting to poke around and make some phone calls locally, Los Angeles area to see uh, if there's anything that can be done with a, a more pro, a pro, pro, proper theater type thing with actual seats, not fold out seats and uh, a, a stage. It's a good setup that we have over there, but I would like something a little more official, uh, at least for her. This is her 30th year. And it's funny, you can either, either you know do the big celebration for Mary and the Born Act players next year when it's 
30 years of doing it, or this is technically the 30th year. So if she does a Christmas show every season, this is the 30th season in, in which she's doing it. But, um, that I am kind of putting my hand in, but she, she gave me the green light. She's like, yeah, if we can do it at a bigger place with more promotion, let's do that. So that I'm doing, but I am not saying, Hey, you think maybe you could do this for the Christmas show or do that for the Christmas show? Cause I think it'd really look good for the film. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I know Mike doesn't feel comfortable doing that. So that's never really even occurred to us until, uh, she let us know in class, which we've documented and you'll see in the finished film. There's no way that it doesn't show up in the finished film with her announcing, Hey, we're going to start rehearsals next week. And here are the shows that we're going to give, uh, a look at. And when I say shows, they're not doing the entire production of these shows, but they do some scenes from it. It's a variety show. Um, so she's taking a look at the Grinch. She's taking a look. They're going to do some stuff from, uh, Polar Express and they're going to try some stuff from a Christmas Carol. And she says that at least two of those, no, two of those at the most will be represented in the live Christmas show, the annual Christmas show. I've been a part of two of the Christmas shows and we have not done any source material. Uh, we've done our own things, but it's not been copywritten material until this year. I'm not exactly sure yet what this is going to mean to our documentary. It could be a matter of, you know, a lot of phone calls, um, getting lawyers involved, may, maybe paying some licensing fees so that we can represent. I don't know. I, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. I just found out what the material is going to be last week and it's exciting. It's fun finding out, as the filmmaker too, what you're going to be covering for what essentially could be the climax of the documentary. I'm that the small version of the documentary. When I say small, I don't mean lengthwise. I just mean scope wise. Uh, it ends with the Christmas show. It ends with, um, them performing the Christmas show live in front of an audience. Uh, hopefully it's going to go beyond that and it's going to show, uh, what happens next year as well with the making of the feature film. But right now, and I might even cross cut them so that they kind of happen concurrently. I'm not sure. But at the very least, we're going to be covering all of the rehearsal and everything that goes into a production and um, the gains that are made, some of the concerns, the butterflies, all that stuff, all the behind the scenes, uh, green room stuff, which is a whole lot of fun. I've been a part of that uh, three times now, four times. Uh, so it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we still do the the improvs for the live audience. We just take a little more time and and setting them up, but nothing's rehearsed there as far as the improv. So you still get that spontaneity, and you see just how talented these actors and and their assistants are at throwing together um, improvisations uh, like on the spot. So that will all be represented. But a big part, evidently, will be Polar Express, A Christmas Carol, and The Grinch. A Christmas Carol is in the public domain, I can show whatever I want for whatever they do from that production. So fingers crossed that they do that one. That's not the one that falls off, even though it's my least favorite of the three, probably Polar Express and the Grinch are still uh, copywritten and protected. So it, that's what lawyers are for. That's what producers are for. And then we'll figure that out. And maybe I just, you know, I'll omit that stuff. I don't, I don't know. We'll figure that out when we get there. But the the point is this, we are beginning uh, rehearsals for that. So right now, as of right now, um, we've spent the last two and a half, three months documenting um, some of the one-on-one -on -one stuff, getting a whole lot of B-roll, getting a whole lot of uh, footage of the actors, as you know, and you've heard me uh, talk about it and the, the other uh, members talk about to this point. But now that we're actually off on the course towards the climax of what 
could very well be the climax of any version of this documentary. I'm excited. So uh, it really helps us as filmmakers figuring out what exactly to to focus on and uh, as far as the, the thread and the storyline goes. So that's about it. Um, the other thing that I'm going to, I guess, br- talk about briefly here is, uh, so while I'm not, you know, dictating or trying to dictate, I would never think to do that or, or trying to manipulate. Um, there is, I guess, beyond the getting, uh, looking into a bigger venue, which I would do, even if we weren't documenting this, I, I would talk to Mary about it. it's her 30th year. So myself and some of the other assistants all think that it would be a good idea. It's going to be tough finding this venue, a perfect venue that's perfect inside as well as the parking lot. Like some of the venues that we will come across, I'm sure will have no parking. That's just, especially for a Saturday in December's, uh, we have dates as well. So if, if any of you know of any, uh, local little theaters that hold a hundred to 200 people, that could work. I mean, we're talking small, we're not talking big, but, uh, that has parking and might like to be a part of this, uh, production. Uh, please let me know. Uh, I've, I've got a small list. That I'm going to start reaching out to as early as next week. But uh, if you have, a, if, if you guys out there have any idea, um, any ideas, please let me know local Los Angeles area, obviously, because uh, that's where all the friends and family work. And I hope a lot of you guys that are listening to this will ultimately come to the Christmas show. One of the two Christmas shows Thursday is my main class that I deal with. And their show is going to be December 16th. And the Saturday show is going to be December 2nd. So, and those are both Saturdays and they're matinee shows. So you still have your Saturday night. They're going to be like two o'clock shows. All right. Um, here's the other thing that has now um, occurred to me, which I didn't really let myself think about. One of my favorite actors that I met through the Born Act Players, who definitely will have a speaking part in the narrative feature film once we get to make that. Uh, his name is Patrick, and he's got a sister named Reese, and they moved about four or five months ago, just before we started shooting. They they moved to Oxnard, which is about an hour north of where we we do our, our classes. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, I've really missed both of them. And Patrick was just one of my favorite people I've met. He's just such a character and he's so much fun and he, he's totally monotone and doesn't really give me much. But as soon as it's time to perform, he's just, he was one of the biggest personalities on stage. And I've been wanting to bring him back and his sister back, uh, for at least a day, just uh, for a little reunion and to, you know, see the class again and hang out and, we all miss them and we all bring them up all the time, both of them. And people come and go. They've been coming and going with this class for 30 years. It's it's not like it's the same group of 20. There's only like maybe one or two people that have been there the entire time. Casey, who is Mary's uh, son, is one of them, obviously. But I want to bring Patrick in because I want him to be part of the documentary as well as his sister. But I'm, I don't know how it works. Maybe I'm overthinking this and I'm getting too sensitive and concerned about people's feelings, but I don't know how it works when he comes in, when we're going to be rehearsing for the Christmas show. And then we're going to bring him in and his sister in, and I'm sure that they'll participate, but then they won't be in the Christmas show. And I got to talk to Mary about that and make sure that I'm not going to hurt anyone's feelings. Or maybe there is a little place, uh, where they could, you know, show up at the day, the day of the show in December and actually have a small little role to be a part of it and be a part of the production. I don't know. I, I don't want to overstep my bounds. I don't want to hurt Patrick and his sister's feelings. Uh, I, I'm probably doing that thing where I'm overthinking. And that's, it's when you have this kind of access uh, and you have this kind of affinity for your subject, it is, it's a double-edged sword because on one, on one side, obviously I have such a love and respect for Mary and her group and this population. And I have such access. That's great. But on the other hand, I'm maybe going to do a little kid gloves more than I, some other filmmakers were, or, or way more kid glove 
type behavior than I would with like a subject that I was just more fascinated with rather than, um, you know, adoring of. So I don't know if that makes sense, but, uh, yeah, I don't, whereas a lot of productions look for conflict, I'm not looking to conflict will arise, but I'm not looking to create any at all. That's the last thing I want to do here. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, good or bad. It's going to be a great documentary. I, I just, I'm not looking for conflict at all. All right. That said, uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited that we're moving on to the next phase. Um, we're not halfway there yet, especially with production. Cause the first few weeks of this, since I've been doing this, uh, let's make this movie. We were still in pre-production mode. Uh, we didn't actually start shooting stuff until like mid May. So we're, we're not at the halfway mark. Uh, we still got a whole lot of stuff till the end of the year. And, uh, uh, the next thing, and then we're getting close to getting to a place where I'm, we're going to be uh, hiring an editor. And I would like to plug my website for this, loadedforbeardoc.com. Once again, I did not lead with this, loadedforbeardoc.com. And let me give a thing. It's slowed down quite a bit. And we are still not at the place where it's like begging people. And I'm not really even plugging it on the film vault or the after disaster at the moment, which is probably stupid. Uh, but we're getting close to needing to uh, start to refill um, some of the, 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 the account is starting to get a little bit low. I'd like to thank Anonymous. That's very kind of you for coming in with your donation. And Andrew Martin returned once again this month with a $100 donation. So thank you very much. There's a number of you who are recurring. Andrew Martin is uh, one of those such um, contributors. So thank you very much for everyone who's following along with this. I hope some of this is interesting. I, I know that like, you know, this update is it interest uh, Mike and I very much because of what it means to the production and what, what our job is going to be moving forward. So please reach out to me. Give me a holler. If you have anything, any questions, if you'd like to be a part of it, but you got questions. I know that uh, some people have had some questions with the entertainment to affect change, who is our fiscal sponsor and they are a 501 C three. So it is a tax write off. And uh, sometimes there's some extra things that you need from me and or from Nick who runs entertainment to affect change to make uh, that all work proper uh, as well as with the, uh, the corporate matches that they offer. It's just, it's, it's a small group over there. They're all completely legit and on the up and up, but sometimes um, some things slip through the cracks. So if you need anything, or if you've, if you've contributed and you haven't heard me say your name specifically, please reach out Anderson at AndersonCowan.com. Last thing I want is someone to feel slighted or like they're being taken uh, advantage of. Last I looked, we have 25,000 of the initial 30,000 that we're looking for for the first third, which we're right about at. So we're really close. And that's kind of deceiving because there's some co big corporate matches that have also come in that are not reflected on that. So we're doing well. We're right about our uh, where we wanted to be for the first third, and we're going to do our next push here very soon. But that takes away from what's actually going into the project. So I'm, I haven't done that yet. I haven't put a whole lot of energy into promoting the fundraising because uh, you have who have given uh, did so so early and so big. So it, it afforded us to just dive right into the project rather than hat and hand it a lot. All right. Thank you very much. Enough of me waxing. Uh, we will talk to you next week for the big one six. I don't know why it's big. It's just we'll be talking to you for week 16 next week because that's chronologically that that's how that works. Thank you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. 
But you know that because you're already listening to a podcast.